Welcome to A Whole Load of Property, Business, and Mindset, a podcast bringing together like-minded people who have an interest in all things business, property investing, and personal development, no matter what stage of your journey you're at. And now, here's your host, Dan Cooper. So this week we have James Green appearing on the podcast for the second time round. So the first episode, James sort of shared his story, turning from a professional rugby player to mortgage broker. But this episode's going to be a bit different. So um, due to the, the current market and the way the sort of market mortgage world is, James is going to provide a bit of an overview on the uh, and give a mortgage update basically. So for those of you who are sort of interested in how the market's changing at the minute, um, James will be able to provide insight to that. So cheers for coming on this week's episode, James. No, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, when you asked for an update, I didn't really know where to start because that many things have changed, but hopefully we can try and put the world to rights as much as we can in, in this space of time. Fantastic. So, you know, um, to start off with, there's a lot of people you deal with, people in the residential market, homeowners, um, people just remortgaging, pulling money out, as well as investors. So I guess we'll do a bit of an update on on each one if it's too di- if it's like different at all. Um, you know that the the bog standard basics are going to be there across all products, aren't they? But we'll sort of look at the the residential stuff and then go on to the investment market. Um, but it's safe to say, you know. People are still buying, I'm sure. I'm currently buying a property. You're currently buying, um, is it your sixth now, seventh? Yeah, seventh. Seventh now. So there is still activity in the market. Um, Probably a lot of these were, you know, agreed before the the recent buyers. But, you know, property as an investment is, in my opinion, always a great investment. Um, Over the long term, you're not really going to lose out, are you? Depending on what the rates are. And now where they are, if you think back into the 90s, I think some of them were what? 15, 16% interest or so. Yeah. We're, we're way below that. Hopefully we never ever get to that because it'd be a shame, but. Yeah, that I can tell what generation people are just by speaking to them on the phone on what their attitude is to the rate changes. So the younger generation, when I say younger, like my generation and below, like the, the 21 to 30s, who have only ever known single, like low single digit interest rates, all of a sudden they're now seeing a 90% loan to value mortgage is 4% and they think the world's going to end. It's like <laughs> things have never been more expensive. You speak to their parents or their parents' parents and they're almost like scoffing at it. It's like, well, 4%, that's nothing. Like you should have seen 15, 17% in the 90s. Like you don't know you're born. So depending on what, on what your exposure is to it, how much you know about economics or if you're a geek like me, you do look at that sort of stuff or how old you are, that, that, that will tell you how people are reacting to it. Yeah, I mean, every time you know I see our interest rates are rising, it's always good to have a look at it and take things with a pinch of salt, especially with the media. I don't watch the news anymore. I see articles come up, but you know, obviously pre-COVID and during COVID, the rates dropped quite significantly, mm-hmm. um, and then they bought out. You know, there's been X amount of interest rate rise, blah blah blah, but. A while ago, it was still the same as pre-COVID levels. It was—it's just the way the the, mar- uh, the message is marketed, isn't it, and put out into the the mainstream. But that's why I guess we're going to talk today and just understand the specifics of what the mar- uh, mortgage world is looking like, and um, you know what what it holds in the future. So, do you want to sort of give an update then on, let's say, the residential side, so homeowners, because obviously I know it is a bit different to how lenders look at uh, limited companies but yeah if I'm 
you know, buying my first house or, you know, I'm selling up and, and going to another one. How's the, how's the market looking for that? Yeah, I think like re residentially, especially like since the start of the year, that was that was the market that experienced all the changes instantly. Um, buy to let wise, they didn't really change the rates as often, if at all. It was the residential side that as soon as there was a rate change, that changed as well. Um, probably because that's the biggest part of the lender market. Not everybody has buy to lets, but majority of the UK own, own their own home. Um, so yeah, as, as you'll have seen on the media, um, the Bank of England base rate is now 1.75%. The bit that grabbed the headlines was it was the biggest interest rate rise in 27 years because um, it jumped up by half a percent. Um, so yeah, the base rate is now 1.75%. Um, and it, it grabs the headlines for the right reasons. Yes, it's half a percent, but to put that into context, half a percent for every £100,000 you borrow, that's £500 a year. So if you're on a variable rate, that's going to increase your payments by £42 a month. So to most, that's nothing. When you start getting to your bigger mortgages, that does make quite a difference. Um, yeah, in terms of the, the, the products available, um, for a standard 90% loan to value, so that would be buying something with a 10% deposit, rates are starting at, at, as as well, I say as low as high, whichever way you want to look at it, as about three and a half percent. But the biggest change that people probably need to factor in is the fact that lenders have changed in the affordability assessment. So previously, they would take the interest rate that they're going to offer you, add three percent. What does that do to the monthly payments? Do they still see that as affordable for you based on your income and your outgoings? That would be their ultimate test. So if it did hit the fan and rates do go up, you're still comfortable and you can still pay the mortgage. Now, because we're now seeing the cost of living going up all around us, whether it be fuel, um, you, what you put in your car, energy, food, council tax, everything else is going up. They've changed the affordability assessment now to factor that in. So on some applications, they're actually asking what council tax banding it's going to be, um, what the gas and electric is going to be, how many people are going to live there, so they can get an idea of what your household bills are going to be, um, asking what you spend on food every month, and actually having a more in-depth um, assessment on each person so sometimes buying on your own can be an advantage because you're going to use less fuel you're only paying for yourself if there's two people that's even better because if one person's off work you've got two surplus incomes to cover everything uh, it starts to become a bit more detrimental if you've got kids you're on um, an income that's just enough to support the mortgage but if you've got a lot of outgoings a lot of mouths to feed, a lot of energy to use. That can that can impact the amount that that they'll, uh, that they'll lend to you. Um, and yeah, just keeping on top of it has just been a bit of a nightmare. I mean, we're completely independent in the whole of market, so all of our lenders all change their offerings at different days. So one day you think you've got it nailed, and then two days later, what you thought you had is now gone. Um, so it's it's a case of if you put in your application in, put it in quickly before that changes, before the rules change. Um, so you almost feel like you're, you're pressuring people a little bit, but it's in their best interest to get their application in before anything does change. Yeah, and like you say, you're keeping you know people's best interests at heart, and I guess it's about managing expectations as well, because things are changing, it is dynamic at the moment, and I guess when you have the conversations, it's like, look, if I do this dip now, in two, three, four weeks, it may be different, we may have to relook at things. Um, I can see why lenders are doing it, obviously reverting back to the 2007-2008 sort of crash, you know, they need to protect themselves and make sure that 
people who are going to to borrow the money are protected as well because they don't want them to go into adverse credit or you know have CCJs and and default on their mortgage payments in the future. You know, cost of living it is increasing um, significantly, and I suppose it's only right that they do take it in. Yeah. Um, but then I guess what we might see, I don't know if it's going to happen, is uh, maybe a correction in the property prices. Obviously, they've hiked significantly. Um, probably less people looking at borrowing, higher interest rates. Um, the, the property prices might start to plateau a bit or, or correct a bit. So, um, you I know. think it, I think it's using the right terminology because. People, people have got this perception of the housing market where if prices go down, that is a crash. Yeah, and it's, there's, there's a difference between a correction and a crash. Definitely. Um, just like, obviously, mental health is the big, big thing at the moment. There's a difference between mental health and mental illness. Mental health you might be having a bad day. Mental illness is there's something um, that's been medically diagnosed as wrong with you. Two completely different things. Yeah. So, house prices are slowing. So when we say slowing. On average, we were seeing like five, six, seven percent month on month. That's not sustainable. Now we're looking at four percent. So we're still going upwards, but it's going up slower. But people are seeing that as, oh my God, we're on the crash is coming. If anything, it's balancing itself out, which is only a good thing. Yeah. Um, the fact that interest rate rises are, are on the up. We're seeing that more. Cost of borrowing's going up. The reason that's happening is to slow everything else down. Because if we did keep going at the same trajectory what goes up must come down, but if we can slow down how fast we are going up, it, it's going to even it out and we'll come through the other side of it. Um, but yeah, the, the media's got a lot to, to blame for this. I mean, I, I get emails every day from different um, different business development managers or different like mortgage um, magazines and stuff. I got one yesterday um, that um, they reckon it's going to cool down. Um, there's never been so many house uh, so a few house purchases go through in the last two years, but then I got an email this morning to say that house prices house prices have gone up by eight percent this month. So it's like, well, which is it? Like, which side are we on? Um, yeah. And at the end of the day, newspapers sell stories by putting something out there that is going to shock people and they want to read it. So they're not going to put something in the paper and go, oh well, it's just a normal day today. House prices went up five percent and people are still buying houses. It it doesn't sell papers, does it? Nah. And like you said in the last two years, you know, slowing down or they haven't increased as much in the last two years. You think at how the market has been in the last two years, as an investor yourself, you know, it's been crazy. Trying to get older properties, I think, was it from March or May, there was a 14.1% increase year to date as, as opposed to last year. Yeah. So you're thinking the property price is just going up and up. Obviously they're increasing a lot. People are buying, or people were buying, there was a lot of incentives to stamp duty relief over the last two years. Yeah. Now the cost of living crisis um, and everything else is coming into place, like you say, the media scaremongering and is going to slow activity. And the reason the activity needs to be slowed down, like you've touched on, is to basically curb curb the inflation and mm. sort of level it out again. And that's what needs to happen. If you know, that's sort of layman's terms. You can go into the economic details of, of why the Bank of England increased their interest rate, etc. And there's lots of videos on YouTube if anyone is interested. But in my opinion, it probably is a good thing that it's increasing at the minute in terms of the rates to slow things down and to make things you know easier and more affordable for people. But, you know, as long as they don't increase and double and three, four times as much as they are now, then that, that will obviously be an issue in the property market. But That's it. Is, is the, is, Every, every fear is the fear of the unknown. That's why most people are scared of the dark because you don't know what's out there. But we don't know what's going to happen next year, the year after, or after that. 
but what's happening in the media is causing that much frenzy. I've got people ringing me who have got two years to run on their current mortgage on a decent interest rate because we sorted it last year, panicking, thinking, I need to do something about this now because we're going to go up and up and up. But it's like, we could we could change you now, but I'm going to move you from this nice low 2% that you've got onto 3% and it's going to cost you five grand for doing it because you have to pay the early repayment yeah. charge. And they're turning around saying, I'm fine with that. And it's like, but you're going to pay an extra 50 quid a month now for another five years and it's cost you five grand to do it. Why would you not just sit there for two years and just wait to see how things play out? But people are getting that nervous about it and the cost of everything else. Like your mortgage is one thing that you can kind of guarantee because yeah. if you fix your rate, if the cost of living around you goes up, your mortgage is one thing that's not going to change. So some people get comfort in knowing that that's not going to change. But I can't justify costing you five grand now plus another 50 quid a month for something we don't know is going to happen in the future. I, from a moral standpoint, I can't do it. From a compliance point of view, I definitely can't do it. So it, it's kind of having that conversation with a lot of people recently, kind of talking them down from the ledge that yeah. you are good for now. Like we don't know what the landscape is going to look like in 12 months. Exactly, and with with the prices on everything else going up at the minute on inflation, that actually shrinks their mortgage debt. So it actually shrinks the debt that they have, meaning that they're getting more for their money now on the current product. Yeah, or, and then when you do come to remortgage, you might have fallen down a loan to value banding, so you qualify for a better product in the future. Yes, it might be at a higher interest rate than what you're paying now, but out of all the options, you're starting to work your way towards the better options that are available at the time. Um, the, the biggest thing I, I think for homeowners uh, and, and landlords as well, especially if you've got HMOs or service accommodation where you, you include the utilities, is that's the biggest area I, I think the government needs to handle first because that's the one that's clearly spiralling out of control. Yeah, Interest rates are a reactive measure to stuff like that. Is They need to slow people down spending on other stuff to get the price of everything else down. But that is the biggest, that is the biggest issue at the moment. If they can get a handle on that soon, and a decent handle, I think everything else will balance out as a result. In my opinion, it's a ripple effect from, from the gas and electric crisis. Yeah, and obviously they're giving £400 from October, aren't they, um, to, yeah. to people, but that's still making, the payment's basically the same to the energy supplier. The government are just reimbursing you some money. So yeah, it's less affordable for you, but the, the energy company's still getting the same money. So what incentive do they have to drop it? Yeah, um, it, it, they're, they're trying to, treat the, the symptom rather than the actual root cause. It's like it's like putting a plaster on a gaping wound on your arms. Like it's not gonna do anything. My bills have gone up by twelve hundred pounds. What's four hundred pounds towards it gonna do? And not everybody qualifies for that four hundred pound either. So it's yeah. Yeah it is and I've seen it. Like our bills went up well when we moved in our house last year, August, eighty quid it was a month and it's now two five six for gas and electric. Like yeah, it's mental. Yeah and you feel you know, I'm not saying that's affordable, it's a ridiculous increase, but you think uh, there's other people out there on, you know, whether it's universal credits or for a reason they're out of work, you know, and the bills increasing is just an absolute joke. But like you say, there's a, it needs to be prevented as opposed to trying to be cured, and, that, and that's the issue. So, you know, especially when they post their quarterly profits and they're, you know, having the best yeah, quarter. It makes you feel sick, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Profiteering, but... You know, we're not here to talk energy. <laughs> yeah, 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 we're not here to talk about energy bills. But um, in terms of the mortgage market then, so yeah, you've touched on the resi stuff. I suppose the message is to, to people is um, don't do things in haste. Don't mm. jump 
you know, look at the market, look at everything, speak to yourself and try to have an open conversation of where they are and what they say, we don't know what's going to happen in two years. Things might settle, rates might be lower. You know, is it unlikely? I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball, but you know, if, like you say, if someone's paying five grand now plus more money and in the future it's lower or even the same and they're in that new band, they'll kick their self, won't they? Yeah, I think, I think for us, like, I think I speak to like other mortgage advisors like across the country on, on LinkedIn and things like that and like we really are having to earn our money at the moment because 18 months ago I could show you anything and because of how low the interest rate was, it was the best thing you'd ever seen. So it was it was like so easy back then, and we almost got it was like it was like it was like a luxury almost. Whereas now, my returning clients from two years ago, I'm having to explain like rates have gone up. You can either pay more per month and keep your term the same, or you're gonna have to stretch your term to get your payments back where they were. Um, and they're saying, well, there's nothing else out there. As if we keep like special mortgages back behind glass in case of emergency, um, is. Yeah, we're really having to have these conversations with people and say, look, if this is what you need to do, here is our advice. Um, but yeah, for, for people buying a house now is is do what's comfortable now. Like we, we don't know what's going to happen. Like nobody predicted the, like the pandemic happening. That caused interest rates to go to an all-time low. Now we're working our way back up. On average, another geeky fact, um, the average interest rate in the UK over time is about 7%. So we're still below the UK average over time, but again, it's it's how it's your perception to it. Um, is yeah, is if you if you're looking to buy a property, is how long do you see yourself living there? Always go for a fixed rate mortgage. So if anything does change, you can budget for that. Um, I think we're a nation that likes to compare things. Yeah. So the biggest lie that I see is like, do you know what your house is worth? No, I ain't got a clue. But next door sold for this or two doors down, theirs is up for this much. So you do know what your house is worth then, is people compare, well, my house is worth this, so-and-so's is worth that, but I've just had to pay 10 grand more than what they paid, is, is, is don't do that. Like, is what you do you love the house enough to pay that price? Uh, do you love it enough to pay 600 pound a month for it? And are you gonna live there for five years? Yeah, right, we're gonna find you a mortgage for 600 pound a month, we're gonna fix your rate for five years, don't worry about anything else. UK homeowners see their home as an asset, and it isn't. It's like, my house is going to buy 50 grand, I'm going to sell it. Knock yourself out, where are you going to live after that? Yeah. Oh, well, I'll go buy this house. It's like, that house is probably going to buy 50 grand. So you're actually no better off. So, is with your own home at least, is do what's comfortable for you. If things do change, have you got a bit of a buffer in terms of can you, can you pay more for your mortgage each month if you need to? Um, if your gas and electric goes up, you're still going to be able to afford that. The old, the generation before us, like our parents would say, stretch yourself, stretch yourself as far as you can, get the biggest house you can. Things have changed since then. I would say do what's comfortable. Um, if you, if a three bedroom house is enough for you, go for a three bedroom. You don't have to go for a fourth bedroom that you're not going to use and you're going to pay to fill it with hot air and whatever. Um, what we did. <laughs> yeah, well, you've got loads of kids, haven't you, sir? <laughs> Two. Um, but yeah, so it's it's do do what's comfortable. Like, are you comfortable paying this for what you're going to get? Don't yeah. see it as an investment. Don't see it as an asset. See it as your home. Is it is it comfortable for you? Are you happy to do that? And you're happy to live there? Yeah, I guess. And you don't want to, like you say. Yeah, I've I've had that before. Yeah, stretch yourself, live where you want. Really nice. But I think more so. Now people probably move more frequently than they used to. Like, you know, I've 
we've owned two houses in three and a bit years in terms of where we live. The older generation, you know, a lot of people we speak to, they've been there 20, 30, 40 years. <clears throat> a lot of people I, I see now have, you know, whether it's because it's our age, we're sort of in the two, three beds and then we start to have kids and then we obviously increase and, and, and sort of upsize. Maybe that's why, you know, I don't know, is there a certain age you get to your mid thirties and stay somewhere for a long period of time, but you don't want to stretch yourself and not be able to afford to enjoy the house you're living in, mm. you know, and if you get something more affordable, higher loan to value, you're putting more capital into the property that's going to benefit you when you do come to sell or when you do want to remortgage in the future. Um, yeah. You know, the, lo the higher the loan to value, the less capital you put in. But like life's changed. Like you go from having just you and your partner to oh, like number baby number one's coming. We need an extra bedroom. We need a garden. We need to be in a good schools. Like that changes. Or you get a job offer to move out of town. So then it's like, well, then you move there. It's like we can't. No matter what you do for a living or what your personal situation is, things change that often. Yeah. Like we say, like the, the pandemic hit two years ago. There's some businesses that were around 2020 that don't exist anymore because the way we live our lives has changed and things like that. So it's nothing set in stone for that long. And that's the good thing about mortgages, like every two or five years, when you come up to renewal, you can amend your terms, whether you need to stretch your term to make it cheaper, you've decided you're gonna live there for the long term, right, fix your term for longer. Um, you've got some kids you wanna move, right? You, it changes all the time. Um, if you get a pay increase or you've got more money and you wanna pay some more your mortgage off, brilliant, you can do that as well. Um, so we, we always go off what your fixed rate period is. Yeah. Right? We can focus on the next two years or the next five years. When we reach that point, if two has now become four, you're now working out of town, you've got more money and you want to pay it off quicker, right, let's sit down and, and look where you are there, is I think people don't look, or, or either look too far or not far enough because people are like, well, what happens when I want to downsize when I'm 60? It's like, well, you're 25 now. Like, let's yeah. worry about that when you turn 60. Um, or people are just in today. It's like, oh my God, interest rates are so high. My gas and electric is 250 quid. It's not always going to be like that. Like the government are going to have to do something at some point when they finally pull the finger out. Is things will go back to normal. Um, that's why they call them cycles, like market cycles. Like if you look at the graph of the housing market, it goes up, it goes down, but the general trend is up. Yeah. Is take a step back and look at the, the full picture. That's it. Like you say, is taking that step back and looking, as opposed to a six month view, a three month view, maybe a five year, 10 year view and actually look at the, the longevity. But I guess let's look at the investment market then, um, both investors ourselves. What have you seen in terms of activity from, from investors? Are people continuing as normal? Are they slowing down? I guess one of the sort of caveats is, you know, you can only put mortgages on what houses are available mm. and stockers, you know, there's less stock on the market. Mm. Um, than they than there was obviously prices are higher so investors don't want to pay more money mm. um, but then if you take that approach I, I was looking through uh, an offer I put in the other day is actually when I was speaking to you about Milne Road do you remember years yeah, ago yeah. and uh, it was worth about I think 80 done up um, and they would accept 72 but it worked about 66 and they was contemplating taking 66k for like a, an 80k house 75 guide 80k house and you think Imagine being able to get that now. I yeah. think that house is worth about ninety ninety five now. And yeah. this was literally two and a bit years ago. Yeah. Um, but if you don't buy, you're never gonna benefit from the long term, like the increase or the, or the uplift. Um, so it's a case of, yeah, you might buy high now, 
but what's it going to be like in five years or ten years? And I did a, a post about this. It's um, instant gratification versus delayed gratification. Mm. We're so used to having everything now and wanting everything now. We don't look for the long term. We don't look at forward five, ten years and how that will benefit us then. Yeah. As opposed to how are we going to be millionaires tomorrow? Yeah. Well, it's like if you speak to any financial advisor, they always say a minimum five years because yeah. of how the stock market goes up and down. You've got to be really lucky to put something in now and then walk away with double this time next year. Um, it, you need time on your side, and property is no different. If anything, it, more more so in property because it does take time. It it's not a liquid asset. If you if you want to sell something today, even if someone has an offer accepted today, it's not going to complete for three or four months. So. It's not like a stock where you can sell it this afternoon and it's gone. Yeah. Um, is yeah, I think I think we're going to see a bit of a change towards the back end of the year because of the cost of living, interest rates, and things like that. It, it's the first time buyers and the younger generation that are getting more spooked than others. So I think it, you usually find it's first time buyers and, and investors are battling out for the same sort of properties, the cheaper, yeah. lower end of the market that's going to return well. Um, it, it kind of forced buy to let investors out for a while because in uh, first time buyers were more emotionally attached to a property, they'd go above the asking price because um, they could use a smaller deposit and they were going to live there. It was more more emotional for them. An investor who looks at it from a business point of view is like, I'm not going above this price, it has to be at this price for it to work. So they were getting priced out and getting beaten by first time buyers. Now that I, I see that kind of flipping on its head, so your first time buyers are getting squeezed out because of fear or um, they had a 5% deposit and now they're not able to save as much um, or the rates have gone up and there's not, to be fair, there's not as many incentives out there anymore um, for, especially for buy to let investors. So a year ago, some uh, buy to let lenders were offering you a free valuation and cash back to yeah. get your business, so it was going to cost you nothing to get it valued if you'd gone over the asking price and it downvalued or it fell through, you didn't lose anything. And if it did go through, you got 500 quid cash back, which would cover your legal fees or your broker fees. Um, now, there doesn't seem to be any of that now. So they're all charging valuation fees, there's no cash back. Uh, some lenders have almost like retracted from the market altogether. So Leeds Building Society were fairly good 12 months ago for buy to let they don't want a piece of it at all now really uh, they'd put the rates up one percent like overnight they pulled loads of products they used to offer free legals don't do that anymore used to offer cash back don't do that anymore it's almost like yeah we don't want it why um, did they do that the the, the, the the main bulk of their work was the residential stuff um they do like adverse credit for residential as well so i think they were focusing more on that which was a bit strange, really, because I had a meeting with their business development manager about three months ago. I was just like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna step into limited company buy to let because it wasn't something they did at the time." And then about a month after that, it was like, "Right, we're pulling all of our buy to let products." It's like they just they just didn't want any of it. Um, who was the other one? Precise used to do five year fixes for limited company. They're only doing two years now. No. Um, why? Why we don't know. Um, because they were full steam ahead when interest rates were going up like at the beginning of the year they were full steam ahead like we're not changing anything there's all these incentives give us the business give us the business and it's now it's almost like they've got the business they wanted they're kind of stepping back now yeah so what lenders tend to do across the board whether it be residential or buy to let is they can they can manipulate their offerings so it's like right well we'll reduce our rates or we'll offer you these really good incentives so that when mortgage brokers like myself start looking for deals they're top of the list so 
because we're all trained to advise the same way, we're all finding the same lenders, we're sending them loads of applications, they've got all the business they want, then they reach a point where they go, all right, we've got a bit too much now or we don't want any more. Put the rates back up, get rid of the incentives so that they start falling down the line and then someone else will take their place. And that, that's basically what, what they do all the time. Uh, Nationwide's a pr prime example. The base rate went up half a percent. Some of their rates have gone up by a full percent just because they've got that many that many cases. It's taken us seven working days to get a response from them because they're just snowed under. So that they've put their rates up, they fall down the, down the list and we don't, we don't use them as often now. So you find that that tends to happen. That's a bit of a key indicator in terms of what market's doing, doing what. Um, but yeah, buy, buy to let's really weird at the moment. Like I said, the incentives have gone, the rates have got, gone up, some products are getting pulled. Um, when we first spoke a few months back about mortgages in general, the, the minimum property values had changed. Yeah. So most, pre-pandemic pre was a minimum 50 grand purchase. I can think of one lender that will do a 50 grand purchase Is it about now. 75 now? Yeah. Or is, so that, is that minimum loan 75? No, so, so what they did was they put the minimum purchase to 70 or 75, so your minimum mortgage was 50 grand. Yeah. Um, just because house prices were going up, like you think house prices have gone up, what, 15% since 2020? So those houses that were 50 grand, are now worth what 60, 60 yeah. 65 so there's not actually much on the market that's 50 grand or if it is 50 grand the lenders don't want it because it's not of good quality yeah. I still um, didn't value one of mine at 75 <laughs> <laughs> yeah if only I'll, ask, I'll push for it but they uh, they still come back at 65 but that was before then um so yeah in terms of who's on the market then at the minute what are you seeing or who you're seeing given the good rates i mean we spoke and i think the one i'm going with is it mortgage works uh, yeah Mortgage works, yeah. yeah. So are they the ones who are sort of sitting at the top of the list at the minute? Well, what, what, what the mortgage works are doing is they offer almost like a special rate for energy efficient properties. Yeah. So because of the changes coming in 2025, yeah. uh, where it's got to be a C or above, is lenders have almost taken it upon themselves to give the incentives now to do the work so you can get a cheaper mortgage. Because you've got the cheaper mortgage, you'll almost save what it's cost you to, to do that rather than we get to 2025 and everyone's like, oh shit, we need to sort our property out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the mortgage works, they're, they're usually a free valuation as well. Um, for remortgages, they still offer free legals if you're in your in your own name. Limited companies, because it's extra work, yeah. the free legals won't cover it, so usually you still need your own solicitor for limited company. Um, but yeah, Precise and Aldermore seem to have attracted a little bit. Um, they were, they were some of the big players in the last six months because all of them all were offering free legals for limited companies on wow. remortgages. Um, so yeah, probably the, the top ones for limited company are people like Kensington. Um, depending on what you're doing with them, they will do free legals and, and free, free valuations. Because um, that's the thing at the moment as well, is the valuations, like people are still offering above the asking price. Um, we've seen a couple of down value, like values recently but not by a huge amount. Um, it seems to be like five grand across the board. It's really weird. Whether you're yeah. buying a 60 grand house or a 200 grand house, you seem to knock five grand off it for some reason. Um, so what's that, the tip there? Apply for 20K more than you want. And yeah, <laughs> and, and apply for something that's got a free valuation as well, because if it does come back nowhere near what you wanted, you've not yeah. lost any money. Um, obviously you need to factor in the cost of the actual yeah. borrowing, because if it does go through, and you've put yourself on a stupid product just to save 300 quid in evaluation, don't make sense. Yeah, of course. Um, <coughs> 
but yeah, the evaluations have been a bit bit hit and miss across the board. Um, the, the the one that that I that you sourced for me when yeah. I bought it was worth 120 12 months ago. Got it revalued this month to refinance it, and they've given me 115 for it. So it's like house prices have gone through the roof, but apparently I've lost five grand on this property, which doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, and the story on that was you applied for a hundred or you bought it for a hundred, yeah. um, and the first lender came back and said. We're not going to lend you a hundred because we believe it's worth one twenty. Yeah, and that's the first time in years you've ever ever had that. Hasn't and it? then I, yeah, so, so yeah, the, the the guy who taught me he's done the job for thirty years. He said it's the first time he's ever seen it. Yeah. So um, you think, well, twenty grand's in the bag. I'll apply for it in about twelve months' time. Hope to get a bit more. And and yeah, they come in at one fifteen. And I've been to the property anyway. You know, it's in the same condition as it was when you bought it. There's yeah. there's nothing. And then when I apply, then I actually ask for what they'd told me it was valued 12 months ago when they've knocked five grand off it. So it's like, go figure. Yeah, um, and, and we are seeing, I, I was chatting to someone yesterday, they've had their mortgage um, on a street, well, near mine, that got valued at 120, theirs got valued at 100. The one I'm buying is below market value, or what I perceive to be, fingers crossed when I remortgage that in the future, that, um, you know, I get the same valuation as what I did ten doors down. So that's the only issue with evaluations is if a human being goes round. Yeah. So I'm sometimes it's their perception, their what they've had for breakfast, what mood they're in. Um, like, yeah, it, there's so many influencing factors of the human being. Sometimes I like it when they go, when they go off the house price index or they go off, off a desktop. Yeah. Because you've got the the data there to support it. Yeah. But I'm just going to send my other mortgage valuation <laughs> to say, yeah. yeah value it based on this it's, it's 10 doors down um, and that'd be interesting to see on that one well as well like you, you can't you can challenge a valuation but you very very rarely get it over, overturned simply because they put that strict criteria in place you've got to have three comparables within a quarter of a mile so within the last six months yeah. so like how many streets sell three houses in six months very very rarely and even if you can find that you're then going back to a human being and saying, I think you're wrong. You're a professional, but I think you're wrong. Yeah. He's not gonna go around and go, oh yeah, you was actually, yeah, sorry, um, sorry, Karen. Yeah, I'll, I'll change that yeah. to 120 now. It, it just doesn't happen. Um, well, the RICS surveyors are governed by the RICS code of conduct and, you know, red book valuations. They have a strict code that they need to adhere to. Mm. And yeah, they make adjustments based on macro external factors. Um, like when COVID hit, one of their sort of measures on the valuations were, you know, due to COVID, that they would, you know, we saw down vows. Yeah. Um, and and they are taught to make it well, not taught to make adjustments. They make adjustments based on the marketplace at the time. So you know, yeah, you can challenge them, but you're also undermining a professional who's been in the game for years. It's like if you're, you know, like someone coming to you who's not a mortgage broker and saying, "No, I think you're wrong." You know, I think I can do this, that, the other, and you're like, "Well, fucking evidence is in front of me. You can't." Yeah. So and that's going to get you back up, isn't it? So. Um, I mean, in some cases, you can, but sometimes you just go for another lender, don't you? Um, yeah, that, that's usually the, the best bet because we're not going to overturn the original valuation for, for those reasons. So yeah, your, your best bet is to try another lender. First of all, hope they do go off a desktop and they're not sending somebody around. Because if you've got a property that's in a bit of disrepair or needs a bit of updating, then that's probably going to mark you down. Yeah. So if they're not actually going around, that will probably help. Um, if they send a completely different company. Um, but then again, sometimes lenders, they have a panel that they choose from. So it could be like Countrywide, Connells, places like that. And those surveyors are area-based. So it'd be the same so guy. So it could be the same guy, yeah. Um, 
and you're like, oh, right, it's you again. No point bothering with this one, then, is there? Yeah. Um, I've had it before where we had a sale go through for somebody and they were trying to pick which surveyor went round because they had, they had a fallout with this guy and he's like, he's not stepping foot in my property. I was like, right, okay, we're gonna have to be quite careful with this because if you're trying to manipulate who comes around and values it, that could be a red flag for yeah. money laundering, mortgage fraud and everything. So we, we have to get to the bottom of why she wouldn't let him in. Turns out it's the third time she tried to sell her house. The first two times this same guy came around he came around once, downvalued it. Then he turned up again when they tried to sell it again, and she saw him. And there was a bit of a bit of an argument there, and she said he was quite rude, so didn't let him in the house. So she said, if he comes through round again, he's not coming in. So I had to basically ring the lender and the uh, surveyor and say, look, who you, which which provider are you using? Turns out it was the same provider. So I said, look, we've had a formal complaint from them about this guy. We can't change who we use for this reason could you send a different person yeah. from that company? So it's still independent, we've not manipulated it. And they said, yeah, that's fine. Fortunately for her, the third time lucky, they sent somebody different and she got a different outcome. Um, and it is subjective and that's it, like you say, it is dependent on that person. Um, there's one guy who goes around Hull, uh, I won't say what company, but I, um, I've i met him on about three or four valuations, some for me, some that I've sourced on, and I always tend to get what's applied for. Mm. Um, I speak to him a fair bit, nice bloke. I was doing my master's degree, was chatting to him. My module I was doing at one of the times was evaluation one on the commercial real estate. And he, he literally spoke to me about for, for five minutes saying, oh, look at this, look at this, look at this, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know whether that sort of rapport helps in a way, I don't know, but. Because um, you, you, you get taught, don't you? Like if you go on the property courses, anything you read is like, is, is meet the value of there. Like if you've done a refurb, show him what you've done. They I, don't give a shit. Well, I think, it, I think it goes somewhere, but he's not gonna go, oh yeah, that bathroom's nice, I can see you've done this, like I'll give you this much. Because at the end of the day, he is independent, he's a professional, he's got a job to do, and it, it, it's, it's the valuers, essentially, they're trusted by the government to almost keep a lid on house prices. Yeah. Because if he, if he comes around and it's, he, he, he says it's worth 200, and last month you paid 150 for it, he he's in a, in a in a position of trust where he needs to be realistic and keep a handle on everything. Because if he starts valuing everything at fifty grand more than what it was last month, that's when we start getting into really dangerous territory. So I do feel for valuers a little. Yeah, bit. definitely. Uh, not as an investor myself when he comes back and he's not twenty grand off, but he has got a responsibility to to be honest and and be sensible about it. And they have to because speaking to a few of them, they're. Uh, insurances, PIPL insurances, base, you know, think how much they're valuing and, and the actual, um, you know, say they have a, a few disputes or claims that go against them, you're not talking 10, 15, 20 grand claims, you're talking hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds. Yeah. Think how many they value a day as well. Well, that's know? it, and look, look who they're working with. They're valuing for absolute gigantic corporations like Nationwide, HSBC, Barclays, Lloyd, people like that. If he does get it wrong, who is he in front of Lloyd or someone like that? They'll absolutely yeah. crush him. Um, so he, he has to be careful, yeah. Yeah, and just on that value of packs, I've cr I don't bother anymore. I've done some. One geezer was like, "No, nah, I don't need to see it." He like wouldn't even just take it off me. He said, "No, nah, just take it away." Yeah. Um, the other one took it, put it straight in his bag. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and to be fair, one other guy did actually stand there and read through it, but that weren't my property. That was one that. Uh, one of our landlords on the property we managed asked us to meet the valuer and do 
a value pack because we did the project management and the refurbishment on it. So, well, you think like what research is he doing before he gets there, and whilst he's there, and when he leaves, what 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 do you think he's doing that you, that you've done? Yeah, like what what you've probably done and put together is what he's done before he's even turned up. So exactly, it's not going to make the slightest bit of difference. But if it makes you feel better that you've tried to like have a positive positive influence on it, then yeah, go for it. Fantastic. Well. You know, I think we've talked quite a lot on mortgages, surveyors, um, energy crisis. <laughs> but it's, it's I feel a lot better now. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> Friday morning rant, time for a beer. Um, now I think you know you've you've covered quite a, you know a few key important bits there. Talking about the market, you know, sort of probably easing some people's concerns with how the market is in terms of all these you know rate increases and people panicking and wanting to switch over. I guess. You know the advice is speak to your advisor and just have an honest conversation and you know like you said it's unethical or you know uncompliant for you to take someone out of what they're currently doing and make them pay all these fees like you know let's hope that the economy sort of slows down and steadies inflation you know the rate decreases we don't go into a recession you know all these speculative things that no, none of us can control it's a case of adapting and working with the market we're in isn't yeah it? That's it. I mean, like you, you pay for the advice of your advisor anyway. Use it. Like we, we tell all, all of our clients, like anything you need before or after completion. Like that's that is what we're here for. That's what you've paid us to do. Um, and yeah, make us earn our money. Like we we are really earning it at the moment because of what's going on. But yeah, or with anything, just just speak to someone that does it day in day out. That's their that's their profession. Um, not to have a shameless plug but we, we do like a weekly blog on various stuff like this so if anyone wants any more information if you head over to our website greenandgreen.net we've got our blog on there pretty much everything i've told you there there's a written blog on that somewhere on our website yeah and you also post quite a lot on linkedin um you've got your social media pages your instagram i mean i'll put the i'll re-put the links in this one obviously um if anyone is interested james has done an episode um earlier on in the podcast series you know talking all things mortgage but bit more about James's story as well so feel free to head back through and listen to that um, but yeah I'll put all your details in so if people whether it's just a bit of advice or want to reach out look at using you for a mortgage um, if you do take out mortgage on a residential make sure you you take out your like your life insurance policies as well it's always a good one um, you cover all of that don't you yep absolutely everything the only thing we don't do is buildings and contents um, but yeah um, buying your house you're building your castle what's the first thing you do you put a moat around it you put a fence around it so um yeah we take care of, of all of that um but yeah find us through the links happy to chat to anybody that needs anything uh whether it leads to business or not um if we can put somebody at ease um with what's going on then that's that's enough for us cheers james well thanks for coming on uh, thank you thanks for listening to a whole load of property business and mindset Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you like the podcast, please share it to others. In the meantime, to connect with Dan, follow him on Instagram at dancooper1992. Until next time.